Bearsnap.org. The Bears snapped their nine-game primetime losing streak with last night's win over the Patriots. Justin Fields with 261 total yards and a pair of touchdowns. The 5-1 and one Vikings return from their bye week to host the Cardinals on Sunday as they try to make it five wins in a row. A Russian court has rejected WNBA star Brittany Griner's appeal of her nine-year prison sentence. U.S. officials continue to pursue a prisoner swap. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings. Free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station 106.3 KX and I'll have a little chuckle. Sean Roberts is wearing the Iowa Wild goalie equipment again. Oh, no. Yeah, it's on Twitter. It's on their Twitter account, Look KX and I'll drive. And Heather is shooting T-shirts at him. <laughs> uh, he's making a couple of saves at a boy, Sean Roberts. Of course, the drive coming up today from 3 until 6. Let's get our friend Bama Bob in here. Normally, we do this on Monday, but we uh, this week couldn't do so. So Tuesday it is, although there's another one of these coming up because we've got a Monday off. We do. The 7th of November, is that That it? is correct, yeah. As uh, Iowa State women will be on they that day. They play early in the morning. That uh, Seemingly once a year they have an, uh-huh. uh, an early game. And then I believe that would keep Murph and Andy off the air. No, it was not entirely. Right. They would start about one thirty. Bama's here. Let's talk some college football, shall we? Hello, Bama. By the way, boys, one week from today. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It is the television show that we all look forward to. <laughs> the dumbest television show that means absolutely the greatest, nothing. The greatest reality show in the history of television. Oh, 60 minutes of playoff college football conversation. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Episode number one. How are you, Bama? Well, then it's just like the Kardashians. It's pointless. <laughs> people okay. watch. That they do. And, and this person will watch, that's for sure. Uh, good, to yeah. see you. Good, uh, good to have you on, Bama. How have you been? I'm doing okay. How are good, you, Kenny? Good, 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 good. So a lot of good. ground to cover, obviously. We want to catch up. We're going to just briefly do the five power conferences. We're, you know, heading towards another week, obviously. Um, it's just, just your takeaways real quick. Um, Trent, what was your favorite game of the weekend? Favorite game of the weekend? What game stuck with you as we sit here on Tuesday? What game pops into your head first? K-State TCU. Does it? Yeah, the... Early on, oh boy, the Adrian Martinez, we yeah. don't know what's happening. Uh-huh. Figuring it out. They don't have a sideline reporter. Nobody knows. Kansas State's not seeing anything. Did we find anything out yet? Still, knee. That's uh. the only thing that has been said about it. And I'm glad you brought that up because there was a lot of criticism. How can this game not have yes. a sideline reporter? Folks, you wonder why we need sideline reporters. Mm-hmm. That was kind of some of the feedback on Twitter. Yep. Here's another example because we don't know what happened to Adrian Martinez. Then you see Will Howard. It's like, oh, Will Howard's still around? Yeah, right. Will Howard's got to be 30 years old. Yeah. Will Howard's still out there? And he plays well. Then it gets to the third team, and TCU comes back once again. Mm-hmm. Their fourth straight win against a ranked team, the gauntlet that they have gone through. You know, And if anybody else had done what TCU's done the last four weeks, they wouldn't be sitting seventh right now no. in the AP poll. Do you believe in them? Not yet. <laughs> Do you, Bama? Do you believe in TCU? Not 100%. Yeah. I got to see them against, you know, some really – you know, they got, you know, Texas, Baylor on yeah. the road ahead of them. 
uh, I think West Virginia this week. Uh, yes, you're right. Four yep. on the road, and then you know Texas Tech is never any fun to play again. Mm-hmm. So I, I've I've got to I'm going to have to see more out of them on the road against really good teams. Um, you Oklahoma know, me, State win was good a couple of weeks ago. It was. I give it to them. Yep. I'll give it to them. Yep. Um, there were two games for me that stood out. One for shock value was LSU Ole Miss. Did not see. That I'm coming. with you. For entertainment, I hate to do it, Trent. It was Clemson Syracuse. That yeah. was a good football mm-hmm. game, and Syracuse just I they they gave it. I don't want to say they gave it away, but man, did they hurt themselves with some really stupid penalties. Yes, um, personal foul. To, Personal fouls that, and to be fair, it looked like Clemson was, you know, paid them back, and that one wasn't called. So there was a little discrepancy, shocking in the ACC officiating. But you just can't make that play. That kept a drive alive mm-hmm. and kept a touchdown alive. And then, you know, just penalties, turnovers. Um, they were hanging on for dear life at the end, and, and Clemson, you know, did what Clemson does. But th- for three quarters, two and a half for sure. That was a football game, and Syracuse was just going toe to toe with them. And that little nose tackle, man! If that guy doesn't remind you, you like Bruce, him, don't hey, you? Yeah. Same number. The guy's yeah. about five foot ten. I don't yeah. know, two hundred and seventy pounds. But he was effective. He was getting mm-hmm. things done. He got. He kind of got hurt. He got carted off. Not carted off, but he got hurt toward the end of the game, which you know, really, I guess, isn't that surprising. Trying to stand up to that all game, but mm-hmm. man, I love that little dude. He's just like a little fire plug in there. Four point stance. He'd never see that anymore, and, and you know mm-hmm. anywhere. And it just he just same number as Rudy, same stature. I just I just love that kid. I thought he was great. But that that for me for entertainment that was it. Uh, uh, I watched more of that more ACC football last weekend than I have in a long time. Hmm. Uh, interesting. We should have started with ACC f- football for once. So what about Oklahoma <laughs> State Texas? Surprising that never made any of your uh, can't stop thinking about it game because that was another one. Texas looked as though they were. You know, on their way to definitively being back, mm-hmm. but Oklahoma State and Spencer Sanders. Every every single week, I watch a, I watch a game and I think, boy, this quarterback, what a tough sob. Spencer Sanders, Trent, he took some shots, and he just keeps getting up, and he keeps making this team have the chance. I still worry about that defense, and you know, is yours? Did he get hurt? Because he did not look like the same guy in the second half it's of that football point. game. Good point. I don't know. He did not look like himself. Certainly, uh, the guy that we've seen in many portions of this season, but Oklahoma State. Still alive there. So, if it's not TCU, who wins the Big 12? Oklahoma State. It's Oklahoma State. I Same for so. you, Bama? Yeah, I think so. I, I've, I've thought that Oklahoma State was the best team in the Big 12 all season. Me too. I'm, I'm really not coming off of that. I know that they lost uh, you know, to TCU, but you got to give them a lot of credit coming back last week. I mean, it really, you know, just... I thought, you know, Texas looked like that was a game they're about to run away with and, and kind of impose their will. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they make some mistakes and TCU capitalizes. And you mentioned Sanders, how tough he is. But, um, you know, Kansas State, again, I, I I didn't watch much of that game because I was watching something else. But I did read about it, hear about it, you know, watch it or whatever. And you're right. What What is wrong with Martinez? And I didn't – the sideline reporter thing is, is a great point. I mean, a lot – 90% of the time, it's just fluff. You know, they, they go to them and they mm-hmm. start quoting, the, you know, they're rambling on during a whole entire series, and you're like, would you just us? You know, we want to know who's in, who's out, and why kind of thing. They have the kind of obligatory coaches interview at halftime or whatnot, but that right there is why you would need one down yep. there. And, you know, wh- 
why is Adrian Martinez not in the football game? And nobody knew, and nobody had an answer, and that is what they're there for. That is the one thing that you really need them for is injuries and who's in and who's out, and we had no idea. Uh, did Oregon knock the Pac-12 out of the playoff with their win over UCLA? Or is the Pac-12 still alive? There's no more undefeated teams. Look, give Lanning credit. They had a great game plan for Chip Kelly, uh, who's coming back there, game days there, etc. Trent, is the Pac-12 kaput? No. There's still too much to be said, and that's the reason that I just get annoyed with that stupid show on Tuesdays because <laughs> we still got a month of football still to be played, and it's things that, well, what happens if? And, and if this happens, that's all well and good, but i just like to see things play out. We don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now, if it comes down to, say, a one-loss Tennessee and Oregon, and Tennessee loses by 10 to Georgia and you have that, well, yeah, it's an easy decision. But there's still much, so much out there. Kentucky could be Tennessee, and then they're a two-loss team. And mm-hmm. there's so many this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah there's is, just yeah. so many different angles that you can go with here. And because of that, I'm not willing to say that the Pac-12 is dead. What if USC runs the table from here? Yeah. 12-1, and one, they're going to be left out compared see, to a two-loss team or a, a non-conference champion? I, think I just you, don't see that. I, I, think your point's, I think you're right when, it, when it's USC. I think Oregon's out. And I'll tell you why I think Oregon's out. I don't know if you can survive getting throttled the way Georgia beat them. Week one. I know it was week one. I get that. And you rip off after then 13 straight wins? And it depends on who they're up against going. a playoff team and they beat you by 30. Do we want to see But who are again? they going up against? Is it... They're going to have to beat USC, and USC's not going to have to lose any more games for them to be in the conversation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just listen because you just people are going to start looking at the schedule, going, "Who have you beat since Georgia?" And mm-hmm. you know, the Pac-12 is not that good, and, and we the Pac-12 is better than people think. I agree with you. Yes, it is. But when you're talking about Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, okay, Alabama is going to have to lose again for Oregon to even have a chance. Mm-hmm. Okay, TCU sitting undefeated right now. If mm-hmm. they, what if they run the table and win the Big Twelve? Okay. Mm-hmm. Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama. I will bet you right now that two of those three make it. Okay, say say the same again. It, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama. Georgia, yeah, Tennessee, yeah, Alabama. Yeah. Two of those, two yeah. of those three are going to make it. I think. Yeah. Now Alabama's got work to do with LSU and Ole Miss, so they could get knocked out. But then, then you got the whole Georgia, Tennessee thing, and you know you could. They're not going to play each other in the SEC championship game. Nope. Obviously, so nope. one of them's going to lose, and then the other one with one loss against the two loss. You know, West, whoever makes it, and then, you know, you, you just see where I'm going. It's just, I think two of those three are going to be in. I think Ohio State or Michigan's going to be in. And now you're fighting, if you're the Pac 12, you're fighting maybe against an undefeated Clemson, an undefeated TCU. And again, I know these are all hypotheticals. I think they're on life support. I don't think they're dead, but they've got a long way to crawl back. And people are going to compare. Here's where it really gets bad for them, guys. What if Tennessee wins the SEC championship? Okay, they go in. They go into Athens and wins, and Georgia is sitting there as a one loss, didn't make the conference final, and now all of a sudden they're up against a conference champion in Oregon, and they throttle them week one. Are Oregon going to win that battle? I don't think so. That's they. They need Georgia to win. They need Georgia to win out and be undefeated as an SEC champion, and then take their chances and take care of their business along the way. So they they're in the mix. But it's, I still think it's a long road for them. If Clemson loses, Trent, can you? I think they're done. I, I do too. Can you see? A, can you see a path, Trent, for two SEC and two Big Tens? Michigan, Ohio State's mm-hmm. really close. Mm-hmm. Field goal game, loser of that. 
You need probably a two-loss Big 12 champion. TC you would have to lose. A two-loss Pac-12 champion. Mm-hmm. And there's no group of five this year. They're Clemson all done to drop. Yeah, because you, you need to be undefeated. Yep, there isn't at minimum, and plus have mm-hmm. a schedule on top of it to be mm-hmm. there. I still think it would take. And is the country ready for for three of the power five uh, to be conferences eliminated? Because of the brands, I think that helps too. SEC and Big Ten. Look, if this was we were talking about Wisconsin and Penn State. As opposed to Ohio State and Michigan, no. Oh, I see the brands not that. If, if we were talking see, about yeah, this being Mississippi State and I don't know South Carolina, it'd be a different kind mm-hmm. of conversation. But the brands, I think, also matter in this conversation because it's those four that makes it a lot easier. I'm with you, Bama. What were we doing watching as much South Carolina Saturday night as we did? <laughs> you guys are sick. Well, well, I was liking it because I can't stand that Texas A&M. And they were getting, once again, yeah. Jimbo Fisher going on the road <laughs> and laying an absolute egg. South Carolina is better than we than people yeah, think. Yeah, okay, they're, they're going back credit. to a bowl, for sure. They're they are, top Beamer's, 25. Beamer's done a, yeah, Beamer's done a good job there. Um, I, they have a little show that I catch occasionally on oh, it's ESPN or ESPN2 or whatever. It's kind of like an in-season thing with them that's, that's really good. And, and he, listen, he, he's a guy that they like to play for, and that place was – that place is not full very often. It was pretty full mm-hmm. Saturday night um, against Texas A&M, but that's why I was watching it because, I mean, again, Jimbo Fisher, Mr. 90 million guaranteed, okay, you know, team scrapping and clawing and, you know, against Alabama and coming down to it and, you know, maybe a call here or there. Was it PI? Was it not PI? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, all that kind of stuff. Beat him last year. What did he do last year? Four losses. Okay, where's he headed this year? Four losses. He's already got three. Okay. I, I just like seeing that program implode because I think that guy right now is so much more sizzle than steak in terms of his coaching ability. I know he won one with Jameis at Florida State. I get that. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I do. Why you are paying that guy Nick Saban money and, you know, Ryan Day money? He's probably making more than Ryan Day. That he is. I mean,. Uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney money, who's got two national championships. Why are you paying that guy in the Kirby Smart in in that class? He is not in that class of coach, or at least he hasn't been in what is now is, what, fifth year at A&M, fourth mm-hmm. year? I don't know. Um, and all we talked about, you know, is NIL and, oh, we're going to be good. We're mm-hmm. going to get it fixed. Well, and here they are again. So, you listen, when you go on the road and lose, it's no shame losing in Tuscaloosa. Okay, and you played a great game. You You, you went toe-to-toe with them. Okay, you got to go on the road if you're getting ten million dollars a year as a coach and find a way for your team to beat South Carolina on the road. Mm-hmm. So. Coach of the year right now, Trent Condon would be Heupel, Sonny Dykes. Heupel is at the top, but yeah, Dykes is very close behind. Mm-hmm. Who else do you make? I mean, Bielma. Well, he's in the conversation. Got some work to do I mean, still. Yeah. yeah, work to do. But yeah. guys, six and one, and yeah. they're leading the Big Ten. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> yes, they are the, that's well, good. I mean, I mean, look, here's their schedule. At Nebraska, Michigan State, Purdue, at Michigan, going to be tough. Yeah. At Northwestern. Guys, this could be a 10-win team. It could be. They could go 10-2. and two. Yeah. You tell them and, and win the West and get you know destroyed by Ohio State, fine. <laughs> He's got to be in that conference. To me, the favorite right now is Heupel. Yeah, particularly I agree. Particularly if they go on the road and, and beat Georgia in two weeks. And how about the SEC in two weeks? How about yes. Tennessee at Georgia at 2.30 and then Alabama and LSU at primetime at oh 7 on ESPN? Gosh. Oh, okay. 
And we and we're off that Monday, so we'll have an extra day. To we are off that Monday, <laughs> but we might need it. I'll be watching well, it. Trent, well, he's, Trent's going to be at Stadium Swim at yes. Circus, so he'll need it. He'll need it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yep. Who else are we missing in the in the in the upper echelon? Dino Babers also yeah. in consideration. I was, I mean, they had Clemson as Bama. Yeah, that that kind of falls on him a little bit because his team his team just got out of control. They really did. And you guys yeah. still think Cole Klubnik's good? Yes. <laughs> did you watch him? Oh yeah. He didn't do anything. He threw a touchdown pass uh, as soon as he got in the game. He, well, he was two of four. Are, yeah, one of the quarterback. Of, yeah. yeah. This year. Exactly. He, yeah, he is this year. Yep. Okay, and Sweeney has said it. He said it after the game. Yep. Listen, we don't have a quarterback controversy. He's our quarterback. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, he got pulled, and they were losing. And uh, the the backup led him to a win. So, and with some help from Syracuse, and all of a sudden a refocused running game. I think that was just a classic, you know, gut punch or whatever. You know, a kick somewhere else uh, to his team. To say, listen, okay, we're gonna right now. The quarterback's taking the fall, but this is on all of you. Okay, we're not good enough on defense. Mm-hmm. We're not good enough on offense. We're not throwing the ball. We're not, I mean, they had five, what four turnovers? I mean, just a, a crazy amount of turnovers in that game. And you know, now listen, DJ had three of them, so you gotta you gotta be fair. Two picks and a fumble. Uh, Shipley had one, which was really mm-hmm. out of character. Um, but yeah, I mean. Babers, I mean, listen, he was on track, but that's a game that if you want to be coach of the year, or certainly if you want to play in the ACC championship game, you got to win. And they had it. And then a lot of self-inflicted penalties. Just to really go back to that personal foul, which I thought was a little soft, but he was out of bounds. And, you know, he was a quarter, you know, so you hit him, you were trying to, you know, and then the face mask, what they were trying to do was intimidate the, the backup quarterback because they hit him late out of bounds. And then the little face mask on the ground where he grabbed him after he was down, and he didn't budge. So, listen, he he might have saved their season right there because I don't think they I don't know that they win that game with DJ. I, I, I thought think, Syracuse was going to win it, Bama. I did. I do too. I think I'm not sure that that Clemson goes on and finish and wins that game if they if they didn't make that change. Are you Dabo for doing it? Uh, more disappointing, Oklahoma or Texas A and M or somebody else? Who's the mm. most disappointing team? I would say Oklahoma. I mean, and I hope just, it continues this weekend. By the way, they're just objectively bad. Yeah, and Texas A and M, they're still young. You know, everyone got all excited about the recruiting class. Well, they kicked four freshmen off the team overnight. Did you see that? <laughs> that doesn't help. But right. when you go out and you bring in this recruiting class, it doesn't happen immediately. This right. is not basketball. Yeah. It's not the Fab Five yeah. that comes in and is automatically going to play for a national championship. So because of that, I guess I give a little bit more leeway to Texas A and M. Yeah, it's Oklahoma now. I didn't think Oklahoma was going to be very good coming into I the year. I just didn't know. Yeah. And Venables, am I going to be proven right here? Dude's not a head coach. No, Bama said the same thing. That's why he didn't pick them. Who's the most disappointing team, Bama? It's got to be A&M. I mean, I'm, it's just the apologist. Again, this is year four. If I don't know if it's four or five. It's five. Picture. Yes. Okay. He can't. You know, he had a quarterback in Kellamont. You're supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. You can't hmm. A, you can't recruit a guy, and B, you can't develop them. And your team is undisciplined. Look at the losses, Trent. Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the road at South Carolina. I mean, it's just and and he he gets up there in his press conferences, oh, we're young, we're gonna be good, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, this is like the second or third year in a row that he's had a top five recruiting class and they can't sniff, forget the West, they can't they've never been to the SEC championship game. In 30 years, they're one of two teams out of the West, the other being Ole Miss that has never played 
in the SEC championship game in 30 years. Uh, but they've only been there 10. Fine, but you're pay, again, you're paying a coach $10 million a year. You're not paying him in year one to build a program. Okay, He's in year five right now. You should be a little better off than where you are. You should not be losing to Appalachian State, especially in this day and age with NIL and the transfer portal. And again, I go back to look at, look at what Lincoln Riley is doing out at USC. Okay, That was a terrible team. Maybe they had talent. Maybe they didn't. Transfer portal, he's flipped it in one year, and they are competitive and in the national title hunt. Where is Texas A&M? Yeah, that's a fair point. I'll throw in the Miami Power 5 teams, the state of my or the state of Florida, rather, uh, teams. Yeah, that's a Miami, very good Miami, Florida yeah, State, Florida. Florida. Yeah, Ugh, horrible. Brutal. Hey, we're Where out of time. Been this bad? Indeed. Bama, we'll talk to you Friday. We'll have a slate of games to opine on, then we'll recap them on Monday. Thank you, Bama. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate the uh, leeway from yesterday. Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. Family comes first. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bama Bob, uh, Trent and I uh, talking a little college football. little keyword time. Let's Indeed try to give away $1,000. Uh, right now, go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword credit, credit at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Credit, KXNO.com. Vinny Iyer will talk NFL with Trent and I. He writes for the Sporting News. He's next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. NBA. Hey fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make just any $5 NBA Moneyline bet, and if you win, you get $200 in free bets. In addition to the usual bets, all of us can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, place a same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings is where I go to bet the NBA tonight. I'm looking at Warriors at Suns. A little same-game parlay for me. <laughs> Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code KXNO. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets. If your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code KXNO. You must be 21 or older. Iowa only. The bonus is issued as free best. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. Deposit parlay and wagering restrictions apply. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GET-YOUR-PODCAST. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. I'm Dr. Kevin Baker, a Des Moines dentist and chair of this year's Iowa Mission of Mercy, a free two-day dental clinic. The Iowa Mission of Mercy, or as you might know it, IMOM, is coming to the Varied Industries Building at the Iowa State Fairgrounds November 4th and 5th. Doors open each day at 6 a.m. and patients are seen on a first-come, first-served basis. Dental professionals from across the state will provide cleanings, fillings, and other simple dental procedures. DART is offering free transportation to the fairgrounds for patients. For more information, go to IowaMom. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Like many of you, my home was hit by the storm recently. My roof had hail damage, and I knew there was one place to call. It's Trent Condon for Wolf Roofing. I've known the team at Wolf Roofing now for almost a decade. They're central Iowans that care about community and doing the job right. Go with a company that you know, a company from here. Go with Wolf Roofing. Set up your appointment at 515-225-8866. 225-8866 or online, Wolf Roof. 210 4th Street. Now back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNL. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, 25 minutes before 1 o'clock. We welcome you to the program. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's a Northwestern grad. He's a three-time Jeopardy champion. Champion. 
Uh, he'll tell you he also lost on the program, which <laughs> happens to them all sooner than later. Um, Northwestern and the Hawks, they collide. Yuck. See the number? The total's gone up. It's opened at 31.5 at Circus, up to 37 now. It's a Steaming. scoring frenzy, Trent Condon. Vinny Iyer joins the program. Uh, Vinny, um, how excited are you about Northwestern and Iowa? Not going over real well here in the state of Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I can't be too excited. I don't like that point total. It was uh, on the verge of setting the record for the lowest point total in modern college football history, which is not good for either team. And our employee, the implied point total, I think, was 12 at one point. Jeez. So that's not great. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this game, but I did see a scenario last night. I shared it on Twitter that a fellow Northwestern person showed the path to winning <laughs> the that. division, <laughs> and it's still wide open. So, I mean, if you believe Illinois is the best team in this division, I think that kind of uh, surprises everyone at this point. So. I think it's still wide open. A lot of things are going to have to happen, including, A, playing well. Playing well actually wasn't mm-hmm. a, a game in seven theory. So, I don't know. I'll be trying to watch, but uh, yeah, I, I might uh, fall asleep and use it as a nap time there, even though my team is playing. It's tough to watch, no doubt. All right, let's get into the NFL, Vinny. Um, I want to talk about the New York teams, first of all, because it's not been good the last, uh, it's been a while since New York has, like, I get the Giants have won some Super Bowls, Eli Manning, etc. won a couple of them there. Uh, but they've fallen on hard times, especially the Jets. Both of their arrows seemingly pointed upward, Vinny. Are we buying into the New York teams at this point? Are they still, you know, some put them in the category of fake, uh, not ready for prime time. Do you buying... Uh, what the Giants and the Jets have done so far this season and where they're at in the standings? I mean, you have to respect their body work, and the Giants' body work continues to get better. I mean, I think the last two weeks against the Packers and Jaguars, I mean, they've been complete here. They're well-coached now with Brian Dable. Their defense is very good. I mean, Wink Martindale knows how to coach defense. We know that from his Ravens days. So very good coaching staff. They're maximizing Daniel Jones' physical skill set right now with his running and throwing. They don't have a lot of receivers, and that could hurt them at some point. But maybe that's okay, getting rid of all these guys that weren't reliable, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, and maybe getting some young guys in there in the mix. So it doesn't matter how you win in this league. It just catches people off guard when you don't do it as much with explosive offense and you do it with defense. So you're taking advantage of two good schedules there, but that's what you're supposed to do. The NFL beat the teams you're supposed to beat that you're better than. I mean, the Jets could have just taken the Broncos lightly there without Russell Wilson, but they went in and played really well and made sure they took care of business. The Giants were underdogs against the Jaguars, and it took until the final play to make sure that they would lock up that game. But when you look at it, they took care of business, and we always talk about the better teams know how to win close games late. And if that's the case, then the Jets and Giants need it. I respect here, and I do really like Robert Sala and Brian mm-hmm. Davis. So it's too. not a surprise that these teams are doing well. Plus, keep in mind, I mean, these teams have stockpiled some talent offensively and defensively of late. A lot of high draft picks, and they're all coming to fruition here. So, again, maybe overachieving a little bit ahead of schedule based on where they should be, but you'll take it. I mean, this is an advanced year where they need to start winning games with both organizations that say, okay, we can't just rebuild and just table for next year. So they start winning games and pushing for wild card spots ahead of their schedule. That's good news for them going forward. We have two veteran quarterbacks really struggling, Tom Brady mm-hmm. 
Aaron Rodgers. I posed this to Ken yesterday. We'd love to get your thoughts. A lot of people anticipate this is going to be it, maybe for both of them at the end of the season. Of those two, though, who could you see walking away with season still remaining? Just saying the heck with it. Aaron Rodgers, a different kind of dude. And Tom Brady, he's got a lot going on outside of football right now. Of the two guys, who's more likely to just walk away as there's still games remaining? First, when he said uh, we're going to talk about two aging quarterbacks that are really not good, I thought it was going to be Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. So, <laughs> Those fit, too. <laughs> so, unfortunately, both these guys are being treated like they're Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. Yeah. It's not fair to Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Brady just put up another big year last season. Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. I think you have to look at it, and I think we tend to do this in the NFL way too much, and I use it as a loose-term NBAification of the NFL, where NBA, if you've got superstars, you should win because, again, you're playing five guys out there that play offense and defense. Those superstars need to lift your team and take them to the championships. But the NFL, it's not just about the quarterback. It's about the offensive line. you got to have those guys. you got to have receivers you trust. you got to have a defense that's going to show up every week. There's so many factors that lead to not only teams playing well overall, but quarterbacks playing well in this league. We know it. Like, if you're well-protected and you have the weapons, you're going to light people up. And we've seen that before with Aaron Rodgers. He's had the weapons. He's protected David Bakhtiari not being able to stay healthy. has really been a bummer here at left tackle. I thought that was going to be a big factor. You also have Elgin Jenkins. He's been playing hurt at right tackle. These receivers, I mean, you can't fault Aaron Rodgers when he's throwing a perfect pass to Romeo Dobbs in a key situation. He drops it on Mm -hmm fourth down, or you have Amari Rodgers dropping the ball where it should have been a big play. I mean, that tells you it's a personnel issue. It's the ball in the right place there, and the Buccaneers too. I mean, you put a perfect ball in Mike Evans' bread basket, and he drops it, and it changes the tone of an entire game, but it's pretty bad, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so these supporting casts are not that good right now. I think the Bucks and Packers' defenses have not been as good as expected. The offensive lines have had issues. The receiving course of that issues. I mean, the depth of the Buccaneers isn't what it used to be behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And the Packers just fighting for anyone other than Aaron Jones to make plays here, especially when Alan Lazard gets hurt. So I look at these teams, there's fundamental problems that have arisen. And I think it just magnified more of the quarterback because we expect, okay, they're Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. They're one is the GOAT, one maybe a. Paul Famer that's uh, right up there with the GOAT, and we expect them just to cure all their problems, but they're not one-man team out there, and that that's true of any quarterback in the NFL. Well, let, let's go to one of those two other quarterbacks, other aging quarterbacks that you brought up, and that's Russell Wilson, who does have a, a pretty good supporting cast around him, uh, I think. Uh, that's um, f- full disclosure. I'm a Broncos fan. I like Judy. Seems like he's always going to be traded. Uh, the running game, they've had injuries. They certainly pack a defense. That defense is uh, as legit as I've seen in sometimes maybe since the no-fly zone era, the Super Bowl 50 uh, team, that uh, the defense that they trotted out there with Von Miller and, and Ware and company. Uh, but when it comes to Russell Wilson, something's off here, Vinny. Uh, it, it, I don't I mean, I hope he's not washed up, but boy, it's certainly starting to look like he's washed up, that this is not the same player. And they've given up, you know, they're one and they're two again this year. They've given him $240 million. They are attached to him. They can't get away from him until 2025. Uh, it's a fireball offense. George Payton, who I thought was doing a good job until he gave him that contract. Can this be, um, can, can Russell Wilson be fixed? 
Well, here's the deal. I mean, let's look at what Russell Wilson had to start the season. I know Garrett Bowles has been lost, but he's a top left tackle. So he had the top pass protection, young, good offensive line. Yeah, Javonta Williams, a special running back. So I know both those guys are not there right now, but then you went and keep weighing things. I mean, Tim Patrick, I think, was an underrated loss early, yep. but you still have Cordell Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, you have some depth at tight end, you got a good offensive line, you got a good defense. These are all things that are not in the favor right now, all those things working together for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So Russell Wilson had all the pieces in place. So did Nathaniel Hackett, you're not seeing the results. So that's what you have to weigh all those things to really know what a quarterback is doing. Are they making the most of what they have? Is what they have in the cupboard a little bit bare? You'd say with Russell Wilson going into the season, absolutely not. Everything was looking good. That's why they went out and got him, saying that, okay, Russell might have faded a little bit, but look, we we looked at Seattle when he had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and decent offensive line play and Dwayne Brown. These things were all working, right? And that's what you expected for the transition. But I think Russell Wilson's trying to do too much. He's not trying to play within the offense. There's things they've catered to him much, too much here the past two years between Shane Waldron and the Seahawks. Now you see how well that system is producing with Geno Smith and Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker. That's what that system should have been. But maybe now you look at it, okay, maybe Russ was the problem here if you have the sample size and different uh, variables around and they're both not working. So Russ, I don't know. I mean, we're about less let Russ cook, but it's more is Russ cook. It's <laughs> happened here, and I think the answer is yes, probably. We see Dak return to the Cowboys. He wasn't great by any means, had the touchdown late in the game, but we know his upside certainly bigger than Cooper Rush. With a healthy Dak, with a guy that certainly is an upgraded quarterback, just how good can this Dallas team be? Can we talk about them as a real contender in the NFC? Yeah, that's the one team in the NFC that's kind of flying under the radar. We're so focused on the Buccaneers and Packers flops and the Eagles being undefeated and the Giants surprise, the Vikings also doing well. But Cowboys quietly getting the job done here. Their only losses have been to the Eagles and Buccaneers. I mean, the Buccaneers, when they were playing well early in the season, but so they still have a lot of potential here. I mean, their defense is outstanding. They just slowly bring along back. I think they're going to just look at the schedule and say, look, we don't need a lot of DAC against Detroit and Chicago to win these games. Our defense is going to take care of most of the business here on the running game. Let's get DAC fully up to speed here. Let's get him healthy. And then we'll start opening up the offense more to what we're used to. And, and people have been complaining, okay, they didn't push the ball to Michael Gallup or CeeDee Lamb. But at some point, all these key weapons are going to be healthy, including uh, James Washington. Watch out for him potentially being a factor here as a big place that for this team in the second half. So, there's all kinds of things that you're going to look at the Cowboys that they're winning despite a lot of things in their offense, not at the level we're used to. And the biggest development also is all of a sudden Ezekiel looks young again. He's had two mm-hmm. nice games in a row. Tony Pollard is fine. Their offensive line, we talked about them without Tyron Smith. They've played really well, especially the right tackle at Terrence Steele. So this team has just looked much better than anyone expected. Maybe still flying under the radar here and – I, it's hard to say that about the Cowboys, but that's been the case this season. Vinny Iyer uh, from the Sporting News, where he writes on the NFL. You can also listen to his fantasy podcast, Locked On Network. Uh, Vinny, when does the podcast come out? A couple of times weekly? Three? No, uh, not not one, not two, not three. It comes out five times a week. Jesus. So five, yeah. Locked every on day, every, every single weekday. day. <laughs> 
That's yep. our tagline. 20 minutes, 20, 25 to 30 minutes. Yep, that's what, it's your team every day, and it's your fantasy <laughs> team every day. Who's the biggest? So, but, yeah. Uh, we, well, we have, if you like Hawkeyes, any team, any teams, Broncos, Hawkeyes, we got you covered on the Lockdown Network as well. So great podcast we do there with college and NFL. Good stuff, Vinny. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. All right, thank you. Yep, thank you, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. I do that Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast every day. So you're on the you're on the same network as yeah. Vinny is. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew that that's what yours was called. I mm-hmm. never put two and two together i guess uh we'll come back uh trent's plays of the day coming up next miller and condon des moines sports station 106 sent you in it's time for trent's pick of the day brought to you by circus sports iowa here's ken and trent No Zion Williamson tonight for the Pelicans. Trent TNT with a double dip. Yes. You've got to make some picks. You've got Puck. You've got NBA. I do. Got no football. We've got no baseball. No college basketball. Wouldn't be great if the World Series started tonight. Yeah, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are for baseball. You know, why didn't they check with us? Yeah. Uh, we'll get it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it ends... Um, well, I hope it doesn't go to Game Seven because Game Seven's that's LSU Alabama night. Oh, really? Remember the sixth of the night you're in Vegas? Is it the sixth? What's that Saturday? I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh, so, what are you going to bet on tonight, Trent? I'm going to bet puck and hoops, starting with the Minnesota Wild. Where are they tonight? They're in Montreal. Oh, nice. Joe Donald, beautiful for him. I'm getting plus 183 with the Canadians with this disaster of a Wild team. Uh, Montreal's not very good. Plus 183. All right, you're taking that Jumping one. aboard. Okay. Give me OKC tonight against the Clippers, plus the 10 and the Suns. We're going to lay the point and a half tonight against the Warriors. Three picks. We cross our fingers in hope. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Murph and Andy coming up in five minutes. KXNO Drive with Heather and Sean at three. Have a great day. 106.3 KXNO.